Hello and welcome to the Equiline Podcast. This is Dr. Wendy Corin. This is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And today we want to talk to you about focus. And often we think of focus as a very good thing. And sometimes it can be a double-edged sword because you see what you focus on, you feel what you focus on, you notice what you focus on, and there may be more to it, whether it's for yourself personally, for your horse, for your dog, and for your clients. Sometimes focus gives you tunnel vision, so you don't really see the whole picture. You see what you're looking at. And sometimes what you're looking at isn't necessarily where the issue is or where it came from. So let's talk about how to cue your focus, how to arrange your brain in such a way that it does what Dave and I also call micro and macro where you can notice where your eyes, ears, nose, focus goes first, and then expand the possibilities to allow more data in. Let me give you an example. When I'm walking into a barn to check a horse, and they happen to be bringing the horse in, I may hear that there is a disruption in the normal cadence, Bring my attention to that. Notice if the horse is in fact not weight-bearing correctly. Then allow my eyes to give me more information. Then allow my hands to give me more information. Then Dave may grab the leg. That's not very clinical. Dave may palpate and motion the leg, and I may notice where is the compensation when that happens? Do they transfer their weight to the front? Do they pin their ears? Do they? What happens next without a judgment of, I'm going to look in a microcosm, I'm going to observe in a macrocosm? Yeah, because sometimes even things like a preconceived uh, notion about, oh, you're told that this animal has this. And so you come in with this limited belief of, oh, I've got to look there. And that can limit your focus as well. So you've got to really learn to expand because, like we always say, everything can be caused by anything. This is true. (laughs) And frequently when people ask us to take a look at their dogs, It's, my dog has a shoulder problem, my dog has a, and that diagnosis, also known in our world as a sentence, can be real or imagined, can be primary, or many compensations down the road. So it behooves us as clinicians uh, to look at everything, to notice everything, to feel everything that we're capable of feeling and to take in the data that is available without having a filter mechanism that says, I'm only going to see a hawk. I'm only going to see. When patients come in here, when humans will tell us, oh, you know, it's, I've got this problem in my low back and I'm looking and their head is translated so far forward that their back is screaming because it's being asked to do too much work. But where's the issue? And the issue is multifaceted. So you have to learn that you start off with generalization, looking over the whole body, looking over all different parts. 
before you narrow your focus down. Because it's good to focus, but it's good to focus when you know on what to focus on. And so that initial process really is discovery, is being open to whatever you can find and then working from there. Then you can start the narrow focus once you understand what's going on. And even today, someone said, do you, do you feel a problem in the hind end? And so the answer to me is, I can't look at a horse that way. It's, it's just not how I perceive and evaluate correctly. I have to notice where my hands go first and then follow the flow of information. And in that case, my hands went to the thoracolumbar junction and I noticed that there was less musculature than the last time I had felt this horse. And then I noticed that when I palpated the sacroiliac joint, the right side made the horse collapse. My impression was weakness from lack of work created an instability that required an intervention in the sacroiliac, but was that the cause? And it doesn't matter as much if we know what the cause is if we have to address all of the issues. So we can't just fix the sacroiliac without saying, how are you going to change the workload to be able to build muscle, to be able to stabilize this so this doesn't happen, translate the weight to the front, and then create a shoulder or lower neck problem. So again, we have to connect the dots and then have a plan. Yeah. And, and this is the issue that, we, that we've run into lots of times where we have someone call us on the phone, whether it's another clinician or a trainer or a horse owner or a dog owner, and they call us up and they say, what would you do if, what did you do if our animal had this? <laughs> and that, that's, it's a really difficult answer, question to answer because there's, is it really just that? And unless we've evaluated the animal, it's really hard for us to say, oh yeah, you're gonna tape it like this, or you're gonna adjust it like this, or you're gonna do this. Without seeing the animal, we have no ability to know really what's going on without a lot of history, maybe even a video to watch, and actually put our hands on the animal because really, our hands really tell us where to go. And the, the funny part is, and, and I, I admit that sometimes people get upset with us because I don't have a formulaic response and I don't have a formulaic response. So I'm going to be honest and say, as Dave said again, and we'll say every probably podcast, everything causes everything. And so how can we help you as clinicians know how to trust yourself, how to have the skills, how to have the people to co-work with. Because our world today, we consulted with a veterinarian on a horse. We consulted with a dentist on a horse. We consulted with a farrier on a horse. We consulted with a small animal vet on a dog. We consulted with a nutritionist for a horse. Why? Because I don't want to know everything. And I don't think my brain is big enough to hold all of that. So instead, who is in your toolbox? Who's a part of your team so that you can expand your focus and know where you're the best 
uh, person, and if you're an owner, you're a rider, you're a trainer, you're um, wherever you are in this field of animal care, what's your place? What can you do to make sure that you are seeing, feeling, hearing, and taking in the most amount of data so that you know who to cooperate with? Yeah. Sometimes asking enough people. Because one of the things I've, that we've run into before is we ask the rider and they go, oh, this is what's going on. And then you ask the groom who probably spends more time with the horse than the rider ever does. And they go, oh, no, 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 that's not what's going on. This is what I've noticed. So you get more information. And the more information you get helps you focus more on what you need to focus on or give you a better idea of sometimes of what's going on rather than if you listen to one person you get locked into that one idea this is what it is i've got to find it and then you can't you wonder why you can't find it because that wasn't the whole story yeah and you know there's a reason why every time i work on a dog i check the toes the ankles the knees the shoulders and look for what may be causing the roach back there's a reason that every time we go in with the new horse we're checking the teeth there's a reason why when we see feet that are surprising in their uh shape we'll ask what's what's your farrier's plan with this we may be catching it in the middle of a change you know so having having this ability to open and close your aperture and focus not just visually but kinesthetically with your hands listening both to people's words and to the movement of the animals because you can hear a dog walk you can hear a a horse walk and you can notice is that cadence symmetrical or not Unfortunately, you can hear my cats walk because they are not ninja kitties. Some cats you cannot, the stealth kitties, and you really do have to observe. Uh, my cats, you can absolutely tell when they need to have work done because they crash into everything, which then says, hmm, check TMJ, check pelvis. These are pieces of the animal, whether horse, human, dog, cow, possibly elephant, that will affect proprioception. Yeah. I always say don't be a beagle because a beagle, when its nose hits the ground, their ears shut off. They no longer hear you calling them. So what happens is if someone says, oh no, look here, and you focus with your eyes, you miss the proprioception with your hands. You miss the sound of their walk. You miss too many other things. You have to use, like Wendy said, you've got to use all your other senses and you have to be aware of that when you're evaluating because that's where you're collecting data. And the more data you have, the more information you have, the better equipped you are to come up with a conclusion. So instead of being a beagle, be a diamond, be multifaceted, be able to have reflections coming from many, many, many different directions. And also here, learn to trust. If your gut goes to their gut, then and and that can be you know sometimes a smell you've never smelled coming off that animal before in chinese medicine that's huge and if you don't know what it means 
only know that it means something has changed. And that can help you direct people in the best direction for getting ancillary help. You know, so if, I mean, all of us in the, in the horse industry know, if you pick up a foot and it stinks differently, the odds are there's a fungus. It could be an infection, and that smells differently. Dogs can smell fungus unbelievably, and if you ever see your dog lick another dog's ear, that's an indication that the, the um, object of their affection is having an issue that needs to be addressed. So, you know, people say, oh, I can't notice all of those things. Yes, you can. You, it takes practice like everything else. You know, the fact that there are people who can play the piano means that they can use left and right brain at the same time. Some are born that way, some practice. So for those of you who need practice, that's all you have to do is observe, close your eyes and feel the animals and notice, then open your eyes and notice how much more data or how much less data comes in. You can test yourself and you can train yourself. Yeah, you can train your sense of feel. I mean, we did this when we were in chiropractic college. We put hairs underneath a, underneath a piece of paper and then tried to, tried to find them. And then as you got better, you get use more paper and phone books. People used all kinds of things. So it's a matter of training yourself. Sometimes we just need to sit down and be quiet. You know, sit down, take a chair, put it outside and close your eyes and just listen to everything that's going on around you. Notice things you wouldn't have normally noticed because you're actually paying attention with your ears and pay attention, practice paying attention with your eyes, your ears, practice that sense of feel. All those things are really important for your diagnostic ability. Learn to use them equally. And open up your filter mechanism. You know, get curious. The more curious you are, the more data you let in. The more dug in you are and fixated, the less data you let in. So we invite you to be curious, to learn, to change your focus in a way that changes everything around you for the better. This is Dr. Wendy Corin. This is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And this has been an Equiline Podcast.